Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Michael Savage. Well, here I am, Michael Savage. And we have two sides of the story. It's a tale of two viruses. On one side, we have the Fauci's who never held a job outside of government, uh, acting as dictators of the economic collapse. The smiling moron Fauci who failed during the AIDS epidemic is now dictating when an economy should reopen. Then on the other side, We have uneducated talk show hosts who are encouraging millions of people to go out and get infected, telling them that it's all a lie, it's all a hoax, uh, it's just a mild flu. It's crazy to me how most people are confused right now. Meanwhile, in the middle of all of this, oil has crashed. It has crashed, and the ramifications of the crash in the oil market are greater than you could imagine. And I'm going to talk today about what America might be like one year from now and five years from now. I think you can pretty much agree with me, even if you've disagreed with me your whole life, that America will never be the same. We will never find our way back to the Gilded Age, which, by the way, was nauseating to begin with. The gold-plated America is dead. It is over. The 14-carat phony America is dead forever. Will we ever find our way back to a middle ground? No. I'll tell you my view. It's rather dark. I know you don't want to hear it. I know most of you want to hear about false optimism. But, you know, I'm not that way to begin with. And I predict that we're going to be living in a sort of 1930s black and white grapes of wrath reality for the rest of your lives. That's if we're lucky. And so here we are. I'm going to ask you if you care to join the conversation because I want to make it an interactive show. What might America be like a year from now or five years from now? Well, I can give you some hints, and uh, it'll be more big government that will never go away. We'll never find a way back to heaven. And we can talk about the illness itself, how real it is, how devastating it is, and how we must reopen the economy anyway. But, you know, America is not a thinking nation. America is an extremist nation like most nations. People want easy answers to complicated problems. And so they then fall for the demagogues who lie to them and say things like, on the left, we need to be locked down forever. On the right, the lockdown is a fraud and a hoax. Reopen now. Somewhere in the middle, there's a middle ground, the Tao. The Tao of the middle ground, which is what I've been trying to argue for quite a while on this radio program, which means I sent an email to the governor of the state of California a week ago, or I don't know when, week, 10 days ago. And I said, Governor, here are the six counties in California without any cases of COVID-19. Reopen them. Reopen them. Why are you making the people in Northern California suffer the same way as those who have been suffering from uh, the sanctuary city crowding, the bum crowding? Why are you making the rest of us live in fear when you know and I know that the whole state is not the same? The same is true for New York State. Why is Cuomo, the maniac, who's using this illness as an opportunity to present himself as some kind of savior, why does he not relieve and, li- relieve and liberate upstate New York counties with zero or very low, low, low uh, rates of this uh, incidence of this uh, virus? Why? Because they have absolute power. And as you know, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. But having said that, That is not a wholesale prescription to be using prescription drugs and tell people to go out there and protest and go back to work and don't worry about it. That, to me, is a criminal act, and it should be punishable as far as I'm concerned. See, this is not an opinion at this point. And if you listen to high school dropouts who've gotten lucky for 30 years in the radio business, and damn it, I will say it again and again. If you're going to listen to morons who know nothing about the disease... 
telling you it's all a hoax and a fraud and you go out and get sick, who are you going to blame then? You're going to blame Pelosi for that? You're going to blame the left-wing governors for that? Or you're going to blame the demagogues who've gotten away with hogwashing you for 30 years and think now that they can get away with just making it up as they go along? It's like listening to hot air come out of their behinds on the microphone. They should shut the hell up and go off the air if they don't know what they're talking about. So how do I distinguish myself? You decide. This is not about me. Now, I on Friday did a show on how epidemics have destroyed nations in the past. I gave you examples of measles, bubonic plague, and other epidemics and how uh, they decimated nations. I don't want to do a whole show on that again. But I want to ask you again. Do you think America will ever be the same? We know it won't. It can't be. Forget about economics. Alone, economically, the country can never be the same. Trump is bailing out everyone. Of course, not the little guy. The little guy didn't get bailed out. Only the big guys got bailed out. Now we read that uh, the guy who owns an airline wants a bailout. What's his name? Branson. Billionaire Branson begs for bailout top of the Drudge Report. Why should he get a bailout? Why should Branson get a bailout because he made a mistake and bought an airline? Well, why do we owe him anything? Why shouldn't he go broke? Who the hell is he? He's had a good run. He had a good run. He lived like a king. He lived better than most kings. That's true for everyone else in the corporate world who bet wrong, who got caught on the wrong side of this virus. No, the money should go to the little guy first and the big guy last, if at all. The little guy's getting nothing. The little guy's getting nothing. I know friends in the restaurant business who applied to the SBA. They've yet to see a dime. And they say that these restaurants will never reopen. The bars will never reopen, at least not the numbers that we are used to. Uh, There's a story out of Italy that, uh, you know, Italy is a nation of small cafes and bars and restaurants, which is what defines Italy, right? Uh, It's the same here in America. I live in a, a city of San Francisco, which aside from the deficits, is still one of the most beautiful cities on the planet. We don't have to now argue who did it, who did what. Small restaurants, cafes, bars, most of them will not reopen. They'll be broke forever. But what about housing? Let's talk about housing for a minute. You live in a nice, expensive condominium, put an X through it. It's toast. You live in a co-op with very, very powerful, important people like yourself, put an X through your co-op. Nobody wants it. People do not want to ride in those elevators. People do not want to ride in those elevators or share a common way, like a gym on the roof with a swimming pool. Put an X through the gym on the roof with a swimming pool. My prediction Suburban houses will go up in value, not down. Yes, suburban houses will become the new place to go to. People do not want to be around other people. And these expensive apartments in San Francisco, New York, you name it, will become, well, worth a lot less, won't they? Who's going to want one? Things will change forever. How will they change forever? Well, let's talk about romance and love. It will change forever. Will a man still seek a woman on a dating app? Will a woman seek a man on a dating app after this is over and trust that she can have an intimate relationship with that individual? Why would she? Who would do that? Who in the world would ever want to kiss a stranger for years and years to come? Jim, am I right about that? I mean, really, let's be realistic. And this goes across the board, all sexualities, gay, straight, it doesn't matter. People are not going to want to take a chance on kissing or becoming intimate with a stranger ever again. In the long term, this could be good for marriage. In the long term, it could be the end of marriage. In the short term, it could be bad for marriage. In the long term, it could be good for marriage. We don't know where this will go. What about the nuclear family? Will people still trust being in the presence of their own mates and children? Will they fear their own parents Will the grandparents become like lepers in the America that emerges? What exactly do you envision for this nation? Do you have a dark vision of America in the future, as I do? If you are a Pollyanna and thinks things will always be the same or go back to normal, you're living in a dream world. Even when the lockdowns slowly end, and they will, no doubt sooner rather than later because of all the protests, People are going to get sick and some are going to die. 
And then you will have those again in the media who have lied to you and hoodwinked you and told you to go back to work and not worry. Not calling for what I've called for, a rolling reopening, a strategic reopening, a commonsensical reopening, an intelligent reopening, but open it all up. Ha 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 ha. I'm a talk show host. I've gotten away with murder of an airplane. And I've crapped on you for 30 years with lies. And now I'm going to tell you what you want to hear. Just go back to work. and doesn't matter whether you get sick and die because there are no consequences. There are no consequences whatsoever. What about religion? Can organized religion survive after this epidemic? Have you seen what has happened uh, with so many congregations? How about the pastor who uh, defied and died? Write that one down. Remember the one who said the hell with the government telling me not to have a church gathering and he had one he got sick and died what about all those orthodox jews around america who refused to comply with the stay-at-home orders particularly those in kiryat joel in upstate new york uh, those in brooklyn who said god will help me baruch hashem god knows and god will save us and so we'll continue to have funerals and weddings we'll even go into those filthy cesspools called whatever they're called and have communal baths in the morning as the Torah says we should, and we'll continue to uh, breathe in each other's faces during a prayer session. What happened to them? Huge, huge spike in the disease. And in Israel, what has happened amongst the Orthodox community is well known. The highest incidence of the disease in Israel is amongst the ultra-religion, the ultra-religious, who thought again in their primitive way that just faith in God would be enough to protect them. How many years have I wrote to you that viruses, microbes do not discriminate? That's my line. I wrote that 30, 40 years ago. I don't know when I wrote it. I said microbes do not discriminate. I wrote it in Maximum Immunity, published in 1983. No, microbes do not discriminate. They don't know whether you're an immoral drug dealer or an ultra-Orthodox Christian or Jew or Muslim. They do not care. Microbes do not care. They just don't discriminate. So can religion survive this? What will, what will religion become? Will the churches ever be crowded again? Will anyone dare dance with their arm on their stranger uh, after a religious session in an Orthodox Jewish temple? I've done that. I would never do it again as long as I live. You think I'm going to put my arm on the next stranger and do a dance with them? Are you joking? I won't. So what will religion become? Will all of those who have had these religious lives switch to some kind of digital religion? Will all of the masses be online? Will all of the funerals become online and the weddings now become online? Do you understand that we are just in the beginning of this social revolution and we do not even know the long-term effects? We can only imagine them. I spent the weekend imagining them. I wrote them down. And I see a very dark future. I know you don't want to hear it. I know you're used to the cheerful Johnnies on radio who have read the book on how to win friends and influence people by giving you the malarkey about happiness and selling you on optimism. Well, there are times for optimism and there are times for pessimism. And then there are times like now for realism. If you can't join the Savage Nation by chiming in really on one question, and that's only one question that I want to talk about today, which is, what might America look like or be like one year from now, five years from now? One thing is for sure, the conservative movement is dead. More big government will never go away. By bailing everyone out, including airlines uh, and such, we are now a socialist nation. Make no mistake about it. If Bernie Sanders had won the presidency, he could never get away with what has happened in the last two weeks and what will happen in the next few weeks. The next 45 days, it is written, will be the most critical determinant of the future of uh, this nation. Great article. The next 45 days are the most critical period in U.S. financial history, says stock market expert who profited in 1987 and 2008 crises. He's a contrarian money manager. And he says the next 45 days may become the most critical period in U.S. financial history. While on average we may face a bear market every 10 years, this one is like no other. Well, he wrote that, and it was published this morning. Now the oil market has crashed below zero. If you care to join the conversation 
The lines are open now. They won't be open the minute I move on. It's 855-4728-2855-4 Savage. And again, I want to direct you to michaelsavage.com. We've changed the page, and that is so that you stay in touch with me now and in the future. And I'm saying it over and over again for a number of reasons, which I don't have to spell out. I want you to bookmark michaelsavage.com, which is the portal to my mind. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Look, it's no surprise that what's going on in the world might be contributing to more stress and sleep deprivation. Let Ebb help. Ebb's sleep is a wearable solution that fits over the forehead and gently and precisely cools the forehead to reduce those racing thoughts to allow people who are suffering from sleeplessness drift more comfortably into a deeper, more restorative sleep. Ebb is clinically validated and four out of five users report falling asleep faster and improving overall sleep quality. Ebb's sleep understands the uncertainty you may be experiencing at this time and wants to help. My listeners can save $25 off their order by using promo code SAVAGE to save and then continue to try Ebb risk-free, risk-free, risk-free for 60 nights to confirm it's the solution you've been looking for at tryeb.com slash savage. I got to spell it for you because I want you to try it. T-R-Y-E-B-B dot com slash savage. Tryeb.com slash savage. Why don't you let us help you get the sleep you need and remove the risk from your purchase? You win all around. That's T-R-Y-E-B-B dot com slash savage. Tryeb.com slash savage. Promo code savage to save. Would you please order today and get that night's sleep you've been looking for? With everything going on, get the sleep you need and you deserve. Tryeb.com slash savage. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. We have masses of individuals been brainwashed by morons in the media, mainly on the right, by the way, who are telling you it's a hoax to get Donald Trump. Uh, it's all a lie and that you should just go out and do whatever you want. And they are going to be responsible for the dead that follow. I've given you examples. The pastor who died from coronavirus after vowing to keep church open despite coronavirus lockdown. His name is Bishop Gerald Glenn. We're not celebrating it. We're just informing you. He died Saturday. The church announces death on Easter. He vowed to keep the church open. Prominent Virginia pastor told his congregation, I firmly believe that God is larger. Same with the Orthodox Jews. Again, too much faith in the unknown, too much faith in the invisible. And as I've said over and over again for many years, my book, Maximum Immunity, which was published long before many of you detractors were born, uh, covered the issue that microbes do not discriminate. Now, I may have to um, eliminate my Twitter account because I have never encountered such stupidity in my entire life. It's the sewer pipe of the mind. I've never seen anything like it. And if I... If I stay on Twitter, I'm going to get angry because I can't debate moronic people. They say that hell is a place where there is no reason. And that, by definition, means that Twitter is hell for those of us who have education and knowledge. I may just eliminate my Twitter account. There's no need for it. I don't need to. I don't need to hear from morons who don't know what they're talking about, who've been brainwashed by liars who've made hundreds of millions of dollars and are continuing to lie to them. Michael Savage, a host like no other. So the age of the gold-plated America is over for good. I know you don't want to hear it. You want to hear good times are coming back. They're never coming back, not in your lifetime. You say, well, is that good or bad? Of course it's bad for most of us. It's good for the earth, it's good for the animals, good for the forest, good for the trees, good for the air. I know you don't want to hear that either. You'll say, I'm a communist. No, I don't care what you say. It's called a correction. Nature corrected 
man's errant ways, as she has done through the ages. Epidemics are nothing new. They've wiped out nations before for various reasons. And I've tried to explain it to you, and it'll be uh, in another time, and I'll do that again. But what will America look like after the virus? Large corporations will gain vast market share. Small businesses will be wiped out. Man says to me, uh, he says, I never eat out at a chain restaurant because there are so many independent family-owned options. Many of the small restaurants will close, or the only ones who will remain will be the big chains, who are being bailed out, by the way, by your so-called conservative government. You don't understand. Your so-called conservative government is more socialist than Bernie Sanders could have gotten away with. Let's say we didn't have a virus and God forbid that communist had won. What is being done now? Bernie Sanders' wild dream could never have happened. Banks. What about banks? Tell me what's going to happen with banks. What about Bill Gates and a medical arm of the deep state he's in bed with? What about them? What about the Nazis? What about the Medicare for all crowd? I read that uh, hospitals are being driven out of business because elective surgeries and other money makers are, are canceled. This is an ast- astonishing observation that I uh, picked up on over the weekend. And I put the story on michaelsavage.com. People aren't going, are not going to the hospital, even if they have a heart attack or a stroke, they're refusing to go for fear of dying from getting the, this virus and dying. So, for example, it says, why, uh, why are the hospitals going? What is, what's going on in the hospitals? People are not going in for elective surgeries of any kind. And that includes heart attacks. Like I told you, in December, I had a heart attack. I went to the hospital. They gave me a, a stent. If, God forbid, I had another heart attack, I would lay in. I wouldn't even go. I, You know, I would take what I have here, and I would do basically what people did through, through the history of time, and either I would survive it or I would die. I would not go into a cesspool of a hospital right now. And so um, we read what's going to happen. Hospitals, many of them will go out of business because the money makers are canceled. Uh you don't know what a business medicine is. Do you know how much money a stent costs? What, $100,000, $200,000? That's why you heard about the $32 aspirin. How about the $100,000 stent? The man who did it was a genius. I'm glad I have it, but I had, you know, that's what they do. My father had a heart attack in the 50s. There was no stent. He was in Monticello, New York. He was at a bar with my mother. They were going out with their friends at a hotel, having his drinks. Went home, pain, hospital. Oxygen tent, basically, that's all they did. Nothing else. They told them to not use salt. That's all they did. They didn't know what to do. So a lot of people just died. And he lived another number of years, God bless him, and died of a second heart attack in a store. Rips your heart out to think about it. I mean, they could have saved him today. He felt the second one hit him. He crawled in the back of his store and died. I mean, I think about it. I wasn't in the city at the time. It just kills me. He never got to see his grandson, his granddaughter, nothing. But that's the way it was. We're going to go back to these primal, primal things that we thought we were through with. And uh, hospitals won't be there, many of them. Medicare for all. The universal basic income people are going to win. Oh, yeah, you, uh, all you conservatives. If I were to ask you what is a conservative, you say, oh, I believe in limited government. Oh, stop already with the small government talk. It's over. Just stop with the absurdity, right? What about masks and test kits? Where are they? Well, where are the masks and test kits? You assume that the government was supposed to provide them for us. Well, okay, that's fine. I guess most people wouldn't have had masks on hand and a test kit for a virus they never heard of on hand. So that means that the government is going to have even more control over our lives in the very, very, very immediate future. The world that we know will, not, will never be the same. We know that already. Now, how about colleges? You think colleges will survive? Will colleges survive this? What about sporting events? What about restaurants? Uh, what about populists and nationalists like me? We're actually going to be the winners. We should become an isolationist nation. The borders have to be slammed shut. Trump maybe ought to build a wall now. Well, this money now, no wall, still no wall. Don't worry, the wall's coming. You see the wall, the wall, here's the wall, there's the wall, no wall. They're still pouring over the border. Uh, We need the wall. 
How about travel abroad? How about sending your daughter to a junior year in Italy? Uh, I don't think so. You're going to travel after this? You're going to travel through uh, the, the countryside of Spain? And what about the bailouts that you are so in favor of right now? Who's going to pay for this? Well, why are we bailing out Branson's airline? Why did Ruth's Chris Steakhouse get $20 million while local restaurants that I know didn't get 20 cents? Why? You tell me why. Why? Because why? It's about you schmear off. That's what gets. Homeschooling is the big winner. Telemedicine will grow dramatically. The hatred and distrust of the media will go through the roof as it should. You've been lied to by the left-wing media forever. That we know. That's a given. But through this epidemic, you have found that many of the voices that you trusted on the right were bigger liars than they were. On a subject they knew nothing about, they became experts. Here are people who never went to college who are now experts in epidemiology and medicine and virology, and you were listening to them. So you're not going to trust them anymore. That's going to change things. Look, I'm just giving you a thumbnail. I'm probably going to write a book on this, what I'm doing. I, I, truthfully, I, that's, my mind can't help it. Because I lay awake at night seeing this future, this future of America. Now, you want to hear about the rosy future and how to win friends and influence people. Just get on the people and just lie to them again. Give them the hogwash. Everything will be fine. We're a great people. We're the greatest generation. We'll come back. We can do it. Uh, we can win. Win, Saki. We can win. No, I'm not a sports jock. No, we can't win this one. This is going to take maybe your whole lifetime. It's not going to be the same. Maybe you disagree with me. Good for you. Live in a false optimism. Are there going to be huge winners? Yes. Oh, yeah. The short sellers are already the winners. The people are busting out the housing market who did it in 08 are doing it again. Oh, yeah. The very same Democrat billionaires who made their money by betting against your mortgage, who left you with nothing, are doing it again. They're going to bust you out again. Look, I, you know, it's hard to see so much without going blind, without getting a dizzy spell. If you care to call the show, the phone number is 855-400-SAVAGE. Let's take some calls. John in Napa, uh, Napa, Napa, up in Napa here, right here in my backyard. John, go ahead. What's on your mind? Hello, doctor. Uh, I actually uh, got the virus in December from, I think, my son who travels a lot. And uh, it got so bad that I, I almost drove myself to the hospital. I called my doctor the next day, and she said, you better go in and get a chest x-ray for, because you might have pneumonia. Well, I went into the Kaiser here in Napa, uh -huh. and it was so crowded, uh, I, I couldn't even get in. And so I started to feel a little bit better, and so I just, I, I just kind of self-remedied. I pumped a lot of vitamin C and zinc. And you got better? I did. I did. So you cured the disease with, you cured your own disease with vitamin C and zinc? Yep, I did. And a lot of walking exercise uh-huh how do you know you had COVID-19 were you tested uh not yet I haven't been tested but so I how, how do you know you had this virus how do you know you didn't just have a flu uh I believe I mean I I had I had chills I had fever I had well, with the flu you have chills and fever I was I was laying up all night wheezing hacking up still it could be a flu I mean unless you get a definitive antibody test how are you going to know what you had so I think it's a false report you just gave us now, okay. listen to me. Vitamin C and zinc and other nutrients I've talked about are absolutely uh, uh, advisable. No question about it, even as a preventive. And I've talked about that for years. But it doesn't mean you actually cured the disease because you don't know if you had it. But I thank you very much for listening so intently uh, on the Savage Nation. Thank you. Thank you very much. I do mean that. I do thank you for listening and for calling the show. New York City, Vinny, line eight. Go ahead, please, Vinny. Your view, view of the future is much different than mine. Vinny, are you there? Vinny, Vinny, Vinny. Jim, Jim, Jim. Vinny's gone, line eight. Jim, I guess he's gone. Look, this happens in talk radio. Your, uh, your approach to nutrition. We don't try and cure a disease. We wait, wait, hold it. Vinny, is this Vinny in New York on line eight? Yes, yeah. I, I thought you are saying in five years from now we'll be healthier and more individual. What's your point? Because we're going to have the... Uh, the farmers grow locally, so we'll have more uh, a stronger uh, plant that we're going to take in. And those who spread the word, like that gentleman who just said, 
He took vitamin C and zinc. There's a doctor I called. Um, Vinny, he, Vinny, stop it. We don't know if he actually had COVID. No, I, he could have had the flu. But I'm a, a homeopath and herbalist like you. And I, uh, wait, but you're jumping, man. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, wait, wait. We're jumping now. To the, you're, you're trying to put out on my radio show that vitamin C and zinc cured someone. We don't know if he even had the disease. No, I understand that, but I'm... Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm one that helps people with Epstein-Barr and mono. And there's lysine, mono... Okay, please. I know the whole deal. I grew up in the orthomedical medical... I knew Linus Pauling. I knew Dr. Cathcart. I knew the giants you've read about. What is your point? The information will be spread person to person about keeping themselves vibrant and healthy in their immune So you're saying people will take more of their health in their own hands going f- yes, f- in the future? And, and being one that uh, recently had... Well, I agree with you a thousand percent. I've been writing about self-help for over 40 years. You know that, Vinny, right? Yeah, and I've been reading your work and it helps my the people I see in my practice. Thank you. No, no, I appreciate that. Yes, Taking health in your own hands is the number one thing we have to do. That means stop smoking. Uh, Stop eating these disgustingly fatty foods. Stop the fried foods. Stop the the cold cuts. Stop the sodium erythrobates. Stop the cancer chemicals from coming in your body. A thousand percent right. Your health will improve within months. Uh, However, having said that, Vinny, I'm a food first person, an herbal person, vitamin guy i live on vitamins i gobble them for the last 45 years i'd be dead if i hadn't i would have had a first heart attack probably in my 30s and died so i'm very confident that i know from the data that all of these modalities work but when you get very sick Vinny, you know and i know it's best to leave the homeopathy behind and go into a hospital i'll be right back the savage nation it's savage uncut unfiltered and raw Again, you get people saying things like Sweden has less cases than the U.S. and they didn't lock down at all. And my answer is flawed analysis. Sweden is not overrun by third world people. And then you get morons who say, yeah, you'll tell that to the women who are being raped. Again, they jump to stupidity. That's not the answer. Sweden is not America. You can't use it as a model. Then another one says um, the New York City. Data does not apply to the nation. We all know that. That's because you heard it on the golfer show. So right away now, you're trying to extrapolate from what the golfer said using his anti-model and saying, therefore, you can go back to work. My answer is go ride a crowded subway car with your earbuds tuned to Dr. Hannity. Another idiot says he'll be fine if he does that. You see, people just want to be J.O.s. You know what a J.O. is? They're the kids you used to throw out of a classroom. They threw him out of a classroom. I'm a former teacher. We always had jesters in a classroom. You would try to explain what an atom was, and you had a person who couldn't follow you because they were either ADD or just stupid. They're born with a bad brain. Now they're on Twitter, and they think that their bad brain equals a great brain. You can't teach them. And I don't know how you talk. I was talking today about how the society will change after this. Stupid will prevail. The dumber you are, I think the more you'll be in in fine company. America has become much stupider over the last few years, and I'm afraid that the age of expertise is over because you believe that anyone who really knows what they're talking about is an enemy of the people. Very, very sad state of affairs. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome 
to the Savage Nation. Brand new uh, Monday opening for you. Always trying to reinvent the show, even in these dark times. The creativity continues to spout oil. So what's going to happen? What's America going to look like a year from now, five years from now? I think we have some indicators already, and people are calling about it. Many of you are optimists. I love optimism, but I'm a realist. I haven't gotten to the worst part of my prediction because I've studied depressions before. And the way nations usually come out of depressions is through fill-in-the-blank. It's a one-word answer with three letters. It begins with a W and it ends with an R. Uh, the way we got out of uh, the depression of the 1930s was war. Now, maybe it was justified for sure in some cases, but that got us out of the war pretty, pretty quickly and led to the dictatorship of uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Uh, we already see the war fever brewing in America. Everybody wants war with China, all of the desk jockeys. They want your son to go fight China. Not them, of course. Not those sitting in their mother's basement on Twitter. Um, but they want your, your son to go to war with China. Terrible thing, awful. Uh, we don't need a nuclear exchange with China. I myself have called for reparations from China because we recognize, we've known this, everyone knows it who studied this, that the virus escaped from one of their labs by accident, not on purpose. We don't have to even argue over that. You look at many of the um, flus over the last uh, uh, century, and you'll see many of them originate in Asia. Now, that's an interesting fact unto itself, by the way. Why do so many influenza varieties originate in Asia? Well, there's a, there's a reason for it then and now. Uh, poor hygiene, high concentration of population, now translate that to America and look where the loci of infections are. New York, crowded, crowded. Los Angeles, crowded, crowded. Seattle, crowded, crowded. Chicago, crowded, crowded. But something else. What else is the something else? Sanctuary cities filled with illegal immigrants. Now you say, well, they didn't cause it. No, but many of them are, in fact, carriers. How do I know that? Because over 50% of the Guatemalans who were sent home tested positive for COVID-19. Oh, yeah. You won't hear that from a Nancy Pelosi because uh, I haven't seen her wash the feet of illegal aliens recently. I know she was seen with her tubs of ice cream at her Pacific Heights mansion trying to lord it over all of you. But I haven't seen her offer to wash the feet of the, the, feet of the sacred illegal alien. So this is one of the uh, things that's going to happen. I'm trying to predict what will happen over the next year to five years uh, in this country. And some of these things we could agree upon, some of these things perhaps disagree upon. But I want to have a conversation on this because it's not going to be the same. The country you knew six months ago is over. It's never coming back. First of all, the conservative movement died with the COVID. The, the COVID virus killed the conservative movement. It is dead. It's gone. We're all socialists now. If you're asking for a handout, I don't care how diehard you think you are as a conservative, you're now a socialist. Think about what I just said. You want a bailout. You're now a socialist. That's what socialist countries do. They bail you out. Now, there's a big difference between giving a person a fish and giving him a fishing rod. And I've told you before, I grew up in a poor immigrant household. My father himself told me that if it wasn't for the uh, Works Progress Administration, the WPA, he wouldn't have had a job, and he probably would have, I don't know what he would have had to do to live, but he got a job, a small job as a driver for some local assemblyman, I don't know how, when he was a kid, in New York City, and that enabled him to feed himself during the Depression, meaning he was given a job, not a bailout. No one gave him cash. This kid, this poor kid, my dad, went to work as a driver, and he got paid, and he had dignity, and he made a living. Giving people a check is pure socialism. So you say, well, why can't the government give them jobs? Well, there are no jobs to be given because everything is closed down. Private sectors closed down. Public sectors closed down. So we have, we have an unusual situation here. In those days, you could give them a job. I knew another man. I've written about him in some of my early books. One of my books about my childhood. I don't remember. Oh, A Savage Life. I think he was, he was the gambler. 
the tough guy in the neighborhood I told you about him. Everyone looked up to him and admired him because everybody likes a tough guy. Everybody, every man wants to defend himself. Every man wants to be tough enough to defend himself and or his family. Well, he was the tough guy. He was a street fighter in New York in the 30s, tough as nails, a boxer type, owned a bar. And um, he also had to be bailed out by the government, but they didn't give him money. He joined the CCC camps, and I was an 11-year-old or 12-year-old. We'd sit and listen to him tell us stories about life in a CCC camp, the Civilian Conservation Corps. And he told us how tough it was, how everyone fought with each other, like in the hard scrabble life that you may have read about. They didn't have a picnic together because they were all Americans. They fought for the king of the hill. Whoever was the toughest wound up on top of that hill. And uh, he came through that. And he went into the Merchant Marines and told stories about that. So I know what the difference is between a fishing rod and giving a man a fish. Right now, people are demanding fish, not fishing rods. Do you think that this dependency will end? So the emergence of the dependent citizen and the benevolent government is upon us. It will, it will not change in the near future. I don't know how it's going to ever change. I don't know how people are going to get back to work. Now, I know many of you want everything reopened immediately. I don't. I know you want me to say, yes, go back, reopen everything. No, I don't. I want to be consistent. You reopen, you reopen where it makes sense. You reopen the counties in every state that have zero or low, low rates of the disease. You don't reopen the whole state because you're going to, you're going to create too much disaster with illness. Now, I recognize if you're a radio doctor and you went to the ninth grade, it's easy to just say reopen everything and let the sick get sick. And I've heard that argument, you know, herd immunity. I keep hearing herd immunity. I've argued about this with people in my own family who are tremendous business people. They've argued for herd immunity. They say the whole thing was uh, really a mistake to close it all down. I don't agree with them at all. However, as we evaluate, as we learn together, we realize the government has presented tremendous overreach. And we realize that the bigger the lockdown, the bigger the communist uh, governor. The bigger the maniac running the state, the bigger the lockdown, the longer the lockdown. No, analyze it. The bigger the left-wing fanatic, the longer the lockdown, and the greater the poverty. Because they've never had so much power in their lives. They're drunk on their power. They've never, ever dreamed in their wildest years that in their lifetime they could have this much power over everyone so you get a nutty governor in michigan a left-wing fanatic like the others who says it's okay to go out on the lakes in michigan in a sailboat but not in a powerboat who gave her that power where'd she come up with that what if she just decided you can close the gun stores why she doesn't like guns so we've already given up too many freedoms and i understand why people are protesting they're a thousand percent right there's been overreach by these left-wing maniacs, and it has to stop. That doesn't mean open everything up all at once. And as I said to you, I've advised not only a governor, but a president to reopen on a staggered basis. I've been doing so for four straight weeks. I've been sending emails and text messages into uh, the inner circle with no answer because I'm not part of the a regular inner circle. And as you well know, in all uh, government, in all governments, there's, uh, there's uh, envy and power and struggles and who listens to who and who gets closer to the king. This is how it's always worked. If you study the history of kings and their courts, you realize what has been going on for hundreds of years, thousands of years inside courts is no different than what goes on inside governments today. Same exact thing. Who is heard? Who gets the king's ear has as much to do with politics as it has to do with common sense or, or, or great knowledge. It doesn't really matter how knowledgeable you may be, how wise you may be. If the king doesn't even know you exist because he hasn't gotten the message, the king won't know what you are saying. So that brings us back to talk radio. Those of us who are blessed with the microphone in these times have the ability to either make big asses of ourselves and show just how lucky we have been and dumb in getting away with murder for 30 straight years and lying to the public. And now we step into the coronavirus. And although they went to the ninth grade or the 10th grade, now they're experts in medicine, virology, science, and they don't stop. It'd be one thing to have a radio show and say, you know, I don't really know that much about it. 
And another thing to get up there and bluster and make believe you know more about it than people who've studied these things for many years. On the other hand, you're very fortunate to have me because I actually do have a PhD and I'm not going to hide it again just to make you feel good. You don't want me to mention my master's degree, my second master's degree, my PhD and my many books. Why don't you want me to mention it? Why must I hide that in a sea of bullcrap? Why must I hide my expertise? In 1983, I studied uh, epidemics. It was the height of the um, AIDS epidemic, and I became fascinated by the immune system. I studied as much as I could. I spoke to experts. I read everything I could in medical literature, in the sciences, and I wrote a popular book called Maximum Immunity, 1983. I'm not here to sell you a book. It's out of date in most cases, but I learned an awful lot about immunity and the immune system. It went into six, seven languages. I was very happy with the results of it. So now we are these many years later, and uh, this horrible thing occurs, this, uh, f- this, uh, this thing, this COVID-19 comes out of a lab in China, no doubt. The world is just knocked on its behind. And I get up every day saying, thank you, God, for permitting me to use my education and my knowledge to prevent people from getting sick and dying if I can. That's really the whole purpose to it. I could have retired a while ago. I don't want to retire. I'm here for a reason. I've told you that. The reason is not to enrich myself. The reason is not to make myself feel better by just talking. I have a reason. And that reason is to help you understand the middle way. It's not either or. It's not either we stay locked down as the left-wing governors would have us stay locked down forever if they could, or reopen yesterday as the protesters would have it. There is a middle ground. Why must this nation be so polarized that we can't use common sense and realize that what Michael Savage has been calling for for weeks now, over six weeks, rolling reopenings, I told you, I looked at the, the states and found the counties that had zero or none of the COVID. I said to the governor, open them. He wouldn't open them because he's real happy with the situation right now. He loves the power over everyone on a little fishing boat. And here we are. But how will the country look like? What will it look like a year from now, five years from now? I've given you a thumbnail sketch in the first hour. And I've told you that uh, I see a 1930s Grapes of Wrath-like black and white movie emerging in this country. That grimness, that grimness will be America. It will not be a technicolor America after this. Um, Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck are dead. Walt Disney fantasies are over. It will be a different world. In some cases, a better world, a more sober world, a more family-oriented world a more God-oriented world, a more self-reliant world. In some cases, that's what will be. Unfortunately for the masses, they will be like the sheeple they have always been. Ba ba ba. All they want is their hand out and their mouths open for the government to give them something for nothing. This is The Savage Nation. I'll be back in a moment. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. Before the devil knows you're dead. Before the devil knows you're dead. It's an Irish folkloric saying. It says, get yourself into heaven 30 minutes before the devil knows you're dead. It it has some meaning with regard to this epidemic. Because the nations that we're in right now is going to hell. And I don't know that we can ever get back to heaven. I absolutely see a turn towards authoritarianism, if not totalitarianism. I totally see a reorientation of our political system. I totally see not only socialism, which is here already. I mean, what do you think the bailouts are? I don't care who signs them, Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump, it doesn't matter. It's a bailout. It's socialism. That's what it is. It's not a job. It's not a fishing rod. It's a fish. That's socialism. Everything you've been afraid of happening has happened. Only we're in the, the early phases, and most of us don't know it because we're We're still in the phase of what's this about? Is it really as bad? Am I being lied to? Did we just get hoodwinked? Is it a hoax like the unwashed morons in the the media telling us on on the right? Well, you know, do what you want. But the uh, fact of the matter is we're moving towards authoritarianism, if not totalitarianism. It's happened before. And I believe that the government, which has certainly grown bigger, will get bigger yet. 
You're never going to see limited government again. Never. That whole mantra of small limited government as defining a conservative is over. You'll never see it in your lifetime again. Less individualism, not more. People will be more herd-like. The coronavirus pandemic marks the end of our self-reliance. And the people are going to want the government to take more care of them. You want masks, don't you? Well, you can't you walk around with a bandana now in a supermarket, think that you're abandoned in a Mexican mafia movie. I go shopping for, for, for bread. I think half the people are in there to hold the, the, the market up. So I have an N95 mask. I almost choked to death in a damn thing. Half the time that I'm wearing it, buying a piece of fish, I have to lift the mask up to, to avoid fainting. Because you're breathing in your own carbon dioxide. But the Dr. Slouchy hasn't told you that yet. He hasn't figured that out because he doesn't wear one. How come Slouchy doesn't wear a mask when he, when he uh, effuses his hot air about things he knows nothing about, like the economy? Slouchy's the biggest failure in the history of this country in, in medicine. Slouchy, who the left loves, failed us during the AIDS epidemic by lying and not doing the right thing. Now, Slouchy, who's never held a private sector job, never produced a service or a product that anyone ever needed, is telling us never to go back to work again until he gives us the green light. You hear this? But he's not the reason I'm angry. He works for who? He works for Donald Trump. Why is Trump letting Slouchy take control of the economy like this? This is the question you have to ask yourself. Why has Slouchy been given so much power? Michael Savage, a host like no other. It's a different America. It'll never be there again. I was watching uh, for a minute last night the uh, the Clint Eastwood classic play Misty for Me, where it opens with him in that um, 1959 or 60 black XK150 drophead coupe, and he's driving from his little cottage in Monterey up the coast to his radio station, where he it's the radio station where he's a DJ before he gets the uh, the stalker, you know that one. But the the uh, the helicopter shot of the uh, of the Jag on the Highway 1 going up north on that on that road is just so stunningly beautiful. That age of uh, the the fantastic age of America can never never be again. And many of you don't know what to believe. And I agree with you be cynical. Be as cynical as you can of government, be distrusting of government always. You'll never go wrong if you're distrusting of power mad governors. Never. That's number one. I don't care if you're on the left or the right. Always distrust government. Always. That's number one. At the same time, put your hand out and ask for a, a handout. Make believe you're still a wild, crazy individualist who believes in limited government while praying a check arrives on time. See, the, this is the paradox that you're going to be living in right now. And you don't know uh, what to do. Then on the other side, you got the conformists who are saying, trust everything that the Dr. Slouchy says and Dr. Scarf. Just trust them. These are hacks that have been buried in the bureaucracy for 30, 40 years, and you're supposed to believe them now. These people have never created a product or service that anyone has ever wanted or bought, and he's going to dictate when you should go back to work. So what the hell is the answer? How about common sense? Slow reopening. Been calling for it for four to five weeks. Rolling reopenings. Start with the counties with low or no cases. Don't punish everyone in the state of California because of the homeless and illegal alien population in San Francisco, Governor Newsom. I've tried to tell you that, but you you don't want to hear it. The reason Newsom won't listen to me is because he is in power because of certain special interest groups, as are all politicians. And, of course, he can't violate what the SEIU wants, these uh, the Service Employees International Union. He can't step in the face of uh, the illegal alien mob and the mafia that runs the state. And if he did, he'd be out of business. So he has to now make believe that the illegal aliens have nothing to do with the epidemic. And of course, the same is true with the homeless bums. We're supposed to believe that they have nothing to do with the epidemic. But I've been warning you for two straight months that they're a highly infected group prior to the COVID-19 they were infected with diseases. They were carriers of many diseases. There was a typhus outbreak in L.A. There was a, a plague outbreak in Los Angeles last year, but it was swept under the rug by the vermin in the left-wing media. They didn't want you to know it because they're afraid you'd wake up to the fact that they were going to get us all sick. The homeless, from the get-go, I was saying to you, isolate the at-risk populations. Who were the at- who were the at-risk pop- populations? 
Homeless, number one, because of the high degree of illness amongst them. I knew that it would break out in that, those communities. I was 100% right. Now they're in hotels in San Francisco. Can you imagine Newsom has gotten hundreds and hundreds of hotel rooms to pay for, to put these bums in these hotel rooms? Do you have any idea what they're going to do in those hotel rooms? People who've been doing things to themselves in the streets, you think they're going to clean those hotel rooms? The buildings will have to be raised to the ground after they get them out of there, if they ever get them out of there. Or are they permanently going to house them in there and pay for the hotel rooms forever? See, notice that the left won again. Their dream of housing the bums who got themselves there on, through their own behavior, by the way, by and large, or bad luck, and it happens, but li- largely through their own behavior. Don't, don't tell me about the exception. The exception is not the rule. Most of the bums in the street are there by their own mistakes and their own lack of self-control. We all know that. Don't look at me the garbage about it. It could happen to me. It didn't happen to me. It never would. And I grew up poor. Because I had self-respect and I worked as hard as I could seven days a week. So don't tell me I'll wind up in the gutter. So anyway, so that was supposed to believe no. And so you can all have hotel rooms now. Now it's that new apartments now for the bums. You'll never see, you won't see the bums anymore. They'll be paid for in a nice hotel room by Governor Newsom, which means you'll be paying for it. Which now leads me to the next projection. Who is going to pay for all of this? You, the middle class, who are, you're already paying for it, but you haven't seen anything yet. Where do you think that Newsom and even Trump are going to get is where are they going to get the money from to pay for all of this? It's got to come from somewhere. This morning, the president said he's adding another two hundred and fifty billion dollars to your grandchildren's debt. Where's it coming from? You at mark my words. I don't know when I don't know exactly when state taxes, which in this state are already 15 percent criminal, will go up to 20 percent. Um, there'll be a one-time, quote, tax on the rich. You won't complain about it because you're not rich. The rich will be defined by anything Newsom decides to make the rich. If you think it's beyond Donald Trump to tax the rich on a one-time, a one-time tax, I think you're wrong. He has to pay for this somehow. How will he pay for it? Has anyone thought about the payment yet? When does the payment come due? When does the payment come due? He's got to pay for it somehow. This reckless spending will bankrupt every one of us you'll need a wheelbarrow full of paper currency to buy a loaf of bread if this keeps up so he has to pay for it how's he going to pay for it why he may do a one-time tax on the rich you may say he can't do that he is rich he's the president he uh, may have to do it well who is the rich who are they i don't know whatever anyone wants to define him as anyone making more than you is the rich they say that uh in in the ancient world to the man who had um, two mules, the man with one mule resented him, and he called the man with two mules rich, and he became a communist, the man with one mule, and killed the man with two mules. That's the way it's worked from the beginning of time. Ask the Greeks who lived through the communist revolution what happened in Greece during the communist revolution. If a man had two mules, the man with one mule wanted him dead. The communist party fomented hatred towards the man with two mules. So we, we have only seen inklings of what's coming. Right now, we're struggling on important questions such as when to reopen, da, 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 but we're not looking ahead. My job as a major league thinker in this country and in the world, laugh at me if you will, I really don't care. How else would you define someone who's written 28 published books as someone who's not a major influence on world thought? I mean, if you say that, you're a bigger idiot than your mother said you were. Uh, these books didn't come out of nowhere. They came out of profound thought and i'm projecting again with you we can join this conversation with each other and you can join it tomorrow or the next day by the way i won't be here again tomorrow i'm taking time off here and there i've told you why on friday um, i'm sorry if i can't be here five days a week but maybe in the near future i will maybe i won't uh all i know is that tomorrow i can't be here for whatever the reasons are i hope to be back for sure 100 percent on wednesday god willing but we don't know do you know what tomorrow will bring to you you could be in strapping good health today and dead tomorrow. You see, the story just came out of a young bartender on the Royal Caribbean. Good-looking guy, strong, athletic, got the COVID-19, went into the hospital and died. Say, whoa, well, he's in a... What do you mean? You know who he was? You don't know who he was. Bartender on coronavirus-stricken Royal Caribbean ship dies in hospital. Young guy, Dexter Joyosa, native of the Philippines, died Saturday in the hospital in Broward County. Reported for duty on the ship in Miami on March 15th, two days after the cruise industry canceled all new trips. 
same day that the ship disgorged its passengers. And uh, one week earlier, Royal Caribbean reps had informed the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention about a possible COVID-19 infection aboard the ship. And after passengers were evacuated, managers told employees to utilize some of the ship's amenities, including his pool and buffet, uh, the crew members told the Herald. So they did just what you want to do. You want the lockdown to end. So the passengers were evacuated. The managers of the ship told the employees to use some of the ship's amenities, including his pool and buffet. Right. Two days later, crew members still on the ship were told of their possible exposure before being isolated. There you go. This is a little microcosm of what could happen if you reopen too quickly in crowded, dense, urban cities and city centers like New York, San Francisco, Chicago, Seattle, all aboard. See, they shouldn't be reopened immediately. They can't be because they're packed with uh, uh, sanctuary city folk, still packed with homeless people who were infected with other uh, microbes and diseases prior to this. 27-year-old crew member from Indonesia on the Symphony of the Seas died on April 12th from COVID-19. One of at least three cruise ship workers who have died from the illness at South Florida hospitals in recent weeks, according to this paper. Now, what we do when we read stories like this is, oh, he had an underlying condition. Oh, how do you know that? So don't suddenly say it's just like a mild flu because I heard it on the radio. Okay, please stop repeating the idiocy of it's just a mild flu. Just because Sean Hannity told it to you because he taught it to you. You say, why am I picking on Sean Hannity? Because let me explain something to you. So I get it off my chest once and for all. Hannity, Limbaugh, and that crew are the establishment in the radio media. Do you understand they are the establishment model? Do you understand I'm the only rebel in the major leagues? Do you understand what I'm saying to you? They're not the rebels that they claim they are. They are the establishment. And they give you the establishment viewpoint. I, on the other hand, give you an independent conservative viewpoint, which I've given you since 1994, to the best of my ability. And you have to decide for yourself who to believe. So make your own decisions on all of this and put aside the personalities. But I'm so sick and tired of hearing from you who say we're all one team and we should all get along. No, we're not all one team. They're all one team. They're all represented by the same agent. Do you understand that? That it's all a business and they were trying to crush me for all these years. I have to tell you this because you're not going to read it anywhere. Nobody will report it. But one day, maybe it will be a whole story in a newspaper. Maybe it should be how the radio cartel has knocked up the whole business and tried to control everything that goes out on the air to to suck all the money up into their own pockets. Do you understand how vile this is to call yourself a great American while you're just a greedy bum? Making believe you're somebody great and somebody won. I'm sick of it. It's pouring out of me like a pus listening to them. How the hell could you be a great American when you're just a greedy pig like all of the people you claim you're not? Stop with the great American already. You're not a great American. Stop hiding behind that moniker because the people believe you. You've tried to crush all opposition, all competition. Like the monopoly that you are. You're all represented by the same agent. What does that tell anybody out there? They're the establishment and I'm the rebel. I'm the independent. So that's why you say, well, why are you? I'm not picking. I'm fighting. I'm struggling. I'm struggling to survive. And I have to do it in my own way. Despite what happened in my life in December, I'll continue to do it until I don't want to do it or I can't do it. I mean, I can't or I won't. At some point, I can't or I won't do it and I won't. I'm not doing this because I need the money like them. Most of them are overextended. By the way, they've spent more money than they made. You want me to, you want, maybe I should go into that now. Despite all the money that they have made, most of them are overextended. They don't have the money. They don't have the money right now. They all lived like pigs while telling you they were just like a Joe Sixpack like you with a Chevy that's uh, misfiring on one of the cylinders flying around in the Gulf Stream. <laughs> uh, many of them are overextended. They don't have a dime, nothing, nothing left. They blew it by living beyond their means. You know, one of these days, maybe the story of the 2000 apartments will come out, the slum housing, throwing poor people in the gutter while saying you're a great American. How does that work with you people? Guy owns 2000 apartments, kicks poor people out in the street and raises the rent. And you say he's a great American. What is wrong with you? There is no team. We don't all get together for a brewski after the show. 
They hate my guts and they wanted me destroyed from at least 20 years now. And they have the power and I don't. I am David. They are Goliath. Now maybe you understand a little bit more. And I, I, I'm, look, on Friday I got very personal in this hour uh, toward the end of the show about what, you know, the heart attack thing. I didn't intend to talk about it. But, you know, when you're on radio after a certain while, certain things come out of you that you didn't plan on talking about. I just did. And let the chips fall where they may. I don't care anymore. There's no, there's no going back anymore. But, boy, do you have to know the truth. And maybe one day there'll be an expose of uh, 2,000 apartment units and throwing poor people in the gutter while patting yourself on the back saying, I'm a great American. Maybe one day somebody will be interested in the funding of those apartments, which I'm sure we're all above board. But it's always been very curious to me that Michael Cohen was the lawyer on those real estate deals. And Michael Cohen just got out of the can. Very interesting. I, I wonder what might emerge in the very near future. Probably nothing. Probably all above board by the best I can guess. But one never knows how Michael Cohen got out all of a sudden. I just wonder if it really was because of fear of COVID. I just wonder if Michael Cohen didn't do a little plea job inside inside those walls. I don't know. You never know. But, you know, the man's been very lucky. He has the luck of the Irish. He has gotten away like nobody else I've ever seen. He's not been touched by anything, and he's crushed everyone in his sight, the great American. Well, anyway, I think I've said enough. I'll be right back to say more. Home of Borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. It is the Savage Nation. Let's take one. Oh, Misty's gone. Okay. She was saying that horrible, horrible, stupid events like Burning Man will end. Yes, thank God. Thank God that stupidity will come to an end. We have time for one last caller that I'm going to close with something about you marijuana idiots. You're destroying your lungs, you morons. You, marijuana day in the middle of this, your schmucks are still smoking dope. You will learn nothing. You're stupid. Do you understand how stupid you are? Why do you think it's called dope? Because that's what you are. You're smoking dope, inhaling hot toxic uh, smoke into your lungs, destroying your lungs, and you tell yourself that you're a smart person because you're stoned all the time? Stupid. Just stupid. CJ in San Francisco, line nine, you're on the Savage Nation. Make it quick, please. Sir, Dr. Savage, thanks for taking the call. Appreciate your work. I'm a small business owner in San Francisco, forced to shut my doors about four weeks ago. Um, absolutely zero income from a thriving business to now zero income. Terrible. And not one dime from the city government, not one dime from the state government, not one dime from the federal government. But how do you feel about Ruth's Chris Steakhouse getting $20 million? How'd that happen? Exactly. Um, not one single penny from our Mayor Breed. Uh, uh, mayor Breed. Mayor Breed. Did they find her in the gutter somewhere and make her into mayor? Where is that idiot from? A person no one ever listened to now has power over the whole city. An idiot. I'm sorry to hear it, my friend. Small businessmen have gotten screwed royally. Tell me about all the conservatives now running the country. Nobody is helping the small person in this country, left, right, or center. That's it for the Savage Nation. Sorry to report the bad news. The Westwood One Podcast Network. 